The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to David Gibbons in Discussion. Our guest today, John Kaur, C.L. Mitchell, and James Unan. An introduction to the upcoming series, The Torah. Welcome to In Discussion. It is a great pleasure today to have uh, C.L. Mitchell, John Call, and James Unan joining me. We're going to be uh, providing you, the listener, with an introduction to a long-term series. The series is going to be uh, dissecting and examining uh, the Bible, and in particular Genesis and the Torah. And we're going to work through this and uh, provide you with an examination, an academic overview, and uh, we're also going to be able to provide you with applications to modern-day life so that we can all um, find as much information about ourselves and uh, we hope that you, the listener, will be able to understand us as individuals and also what we're trying to, uh, trying to uh, accomplish. Gentlemen, how are you today? Doing great. Thank great. you. Great. Wonderful. Thank you. C.O. Mitchell, let me, let me uh, start with you. Um, we have uh, been in uh, record for some weeks now in preparation for this. Uh, would you like to give us a short introduction on how you intend to uh, approach Genesis and the Torah and, and how you believe we can be most effective in, in uh, providing our listeners with a long-term series that, that really gives them uh, a great benefit and, and, and a great understanding? Absolutely, David. Thank you. Our goal is to take an academic approach. Um, we must understand the Bible as a literary do uh, document. As such, in understanding it as a literary document, we have to appreciate that it has to be unpacked linguistically, historically, grammatically, um, uh, literally, and it has to be unpacked in a way that is consistent with its style of literature. And so we intend to take an academic approach that will be true to um, the kind of literature that it is and what that literature demands in order to be understood. But secondarily, we want to take a, um, uh, a devotional approach. Uh, these are truths to be studied that anticipate the transformation of the hearer, uh, of the reader, uh, of the adherence. Uh, the concept will be that we will take these things in on, a, um, uh, on an academic scale, but we will hardly leave them on an academic scale. 
we will seek to allow them to be that sort of refreshing water that refreshes the desert of our hearts, of our souls, of our minds. But we will not forego the mind in order to see such refreshment occur. Um, third, we will try to apply in a way that is practical so that what seems to be a historical document alone will uh, give to us those principles that may be used for individuals who are in 2009-2010 who are living in everyday life and struggle to see the relevancy or the applicability thereof. Uh, we will take those truths and uh, we will see them take on shoe leather so that uh, we can walk in the principles that they set forth for us. And that is kind of the skeletal uh, um, outline that we all seek to take. John Cole, how about yourself? Would you like to respond to that? I, I, uh, I, I, I was waiting, that. For the, waiting for that <laughs> smile on your face to come along. That was a good intro. <laughs> I want to get my pen out and take some notes now. but That's right. <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, I think I, I think exactly what CL has uh, mentioned, of course, is going to be our approach. And I think what happens is that, especially nowadays, the Bible is a mystery to a lot of people. Um, the world and, and even people in churches are a lot of times biblically illiterate and not knowledgeable of the facts and the stories and the principles that are taught. So our, our goal, hopefully, is to take... Uh, the scriptures, and specifically within Torah, within the Genesis and the Pentateuch, and kind of tell um, the story, so to speak, and kind of um, uh, show that the Bible isn't just about people that lived thousands of years ago. It is about it is a, a story about ourselves. You know that we are uh, with Adam, that we are with mm. Abraham, we are with these characters in the in the scriptures. And in many ways, we'll be able to identify with them uh, and experience what they experience in some ways and hopefully bring some level of understanding and level of transformation to our lives. And so in our goal, my, one of the things I love to talk about in, in talking about the Pentateuch and the Torah is the uh, how the story flows together. And we'll see how that happens and, and the, uh, the mysteries that will become unraveled and the, the principles we'll learn from. So hopefully... Uh, our listeners will join us for this uh, experience and uh, and uh, discover new things. And James Yunan, you're our guest today. And uh, just for, just for the sake of our listeners, um, I asked James to to come along. Uh, James is uh, um, uh, from where are you from, James? I was born Originally. in Baghdad, Iraq. There we are. And uh, and your your language specialist language is uh, Aramaic. So what we're uh, attempting to do here is uh, have you translate as we, we move along. And uh, the best of luck to you, because I wouldn't want to take you on that challenge. Uh, but as you're here, James, uh, how, how, would you like to, uh, how would you like to inform our listeners or, or compliment what these two gentlemen just said? You mean in Arabic or in English? No, no, don't in do it in Arabic. Okay. I, I, wouldn't, I would just have to go out of the room and make a cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> well, the point that we have just listened, uh, CL and uh, Mr. Cole, they, uh, these points that once we put it in practicality and we study them and we look into how these things flow together, in my opinion, if we are preparing for a study, so we're not only the listeners will learn from us on what is this all about, but they can be able to prepare a study so they can bless other people throughout. 
um, for example, linguistically, as Brother Sale had said, uh, it's very important to understand that that there is a language that speaks in plurality and singularity and in the culture and concepts like that. So it's very important that we dive in into this in such a manner so we'll be able to prepare not only understanding but to share this understandings with others. What about, uh, this, is a, this is a question directed at UCL, uh, what about being able to, to take the Torah, to take Genesis, and be able to translate that for listeners so that they really can uh, connect with issues today. Um, it, it seems to me that the issues today are just a repeat of the issues that we, we've always had. But if people, if our listeners find it somewhat difficult to be able to relate between the two, because d today is a, uh, a world where we are surrounded by technology, um, uh, 2,000 years ago it, it was rather different, but essentially uh, realizing that, that we still have the same basic, uh, the basic concerns, the, the basic problems. But, but how can we better uh, formulate this series so that, that we are constantly cross-referencing between the two eras and between uh, modern, uh, modern issues and, and the issues that we, we see back in, in the days of Abraham? Um, the question really surrounds <clears throat> the concept of hermeneutics. That really is it. It, it is both the science and the art of biblical interpretation, how uh, we interpret the Bible insufficient exegesis or unpacking of the text of Scripture is to simply uh, delve into the historicity thereof. Uh, in other words, if we dive into the history without bringing it to the modern man, uh, we've done one facet of our job only. We have not done the full orb job, due diligence or due justice. And so in our exposition or in our explanation, we need to be certain to do what is anticipated within the framework of Scripture. The Scriptures are to be used by those who delve into them. They are to be so useful that the Apostle Paul says to one young 35-year-old Timothy, who is the senior pastor in Ephesus, that all of the Scriptures are for his benefit, for not only his maturation or growth in Christ, so that he will be a well-prepared servant of God, but so that he might also also have that sort of preparation that lends that personal credence and credibility and uh, integrity that will allow him to give to the people of God what they need in order to nurture them and in order to grow them up in grace, if you will. And so he sees that even in the first century he, he, as, as a reality. He sees these aged scriptures as readily applicable to a first century audience. Um, um, so I think he gives to us a formula, if you will. Also, the prophets see the first five books of the Bible, the Torah or Genesis through Deuteronomy, as applicable to their modern day circumstances or situation. Um, there is then a pattern, not only within the prophets, not only within the historical literature, of the Bible, but also within the epistolary literature of the Bible, even within the Gospels, we see many of the things that have occurred in Torah applicable to the life of Jesus, to the trials of Jesus, etc. 
And so I argue that uh, the hermeneutic really has been placed within the package of sorts. And to handle the package accurately uh, is to handle it in a way that does not leave it just within its historical setting. Rather, it is to handle it in a way that does do due diligence and justice to it within its framework, within its cultural, linguistic, historical, grammatical framework, but then bring it from there into its applicable principle so as to be applied to audience. So that's the science of it, Will, if you will. The artistry of that is to, to preach the Bible, as Charles Swindoll says, and hold the Bible in one hand while holding the modern newspaper in the other. In other words, we will look at similarities, uh, analogous events in modern day, and we will say that this is not unlike what occurred several thousand years ago, or this is very much like what has occurred, or how do the two come together and do a melodic dance of the sort? And uh, so we will seek to bring those two worlds together by being true to the art and science of hermeneutics, biblical interpretation. How would you respond to that question, John? <clears throat> Again, I don't know if I could add much more to, uh, to that. I, I think uh, what um, you know, what we have to of, often recognize when we approach the Scripture is, is especially uh, those of us who, who study the Scriptures a lot, we are, tend to be, involve ourselves within the worlds of that hundreds and thousands of years ago uh, and tend to remain back there and... Uh, the challenge is, of course, is to bring the two worlds together, the modern world and the ancient world, because in, 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 um, the truth of the matter is that, that the heart of man has not changed over time. Uh, we've got technology, as we've talked about before, that allow us to do wonderful things, uh, but the way uh, a man thinks in his heart is, has been the same, and so... The, that's the the goal, of course, is discovering what is the uh, the truth or the principle that is that is teaching concerning a certain matter, um, and that is a, a, the challenge, of course. A lot of times, people read their scriptures nowadays and don't understand the historicity of the particular passage or the right. book, uh, and that uh, allows or opens the door for all kinds of interpretations that can lead down the wrong road. Uh, and be very dangerous. So uh, there is a delicate balance that we have to strike here. Uh, if we uh, if we don't bring the uh, the scriptures to modern day, then what's the point? You know, because the whole point of studying the scripture is to be is to have an encounter with God. The scriptures are meant to design to, in some sense, uh, bring us closer to God and and fellowship and relationship with God. Um, so. Uh, I agree with what CL said, and just adding those things, just to say that uh, that is a big challenge, and it uh, hopefully will strike the right balance in 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 making it applicable and practical uh, and relevant for our today's world. CL, you got your hand up there. You have a question. <laughs> I, I, I not so much a question as an addendum, uh, an addition, if you will, to to what John said masterfully, and that is, listen, this is a difficult aspect of scripture. Uh, if one were to search the halls of, of uh, the media ministry at many of the churches in, in, in modern day, they would find that there is an absence of the teaching of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. um, uh, it's, it's very sparse. Uh, and that is because it demands laborious investigation. 
um, it, it demands uh, knowledge of geography, topography, archaeology, uh, linguistics. It, it demands thrusting oneself through sweat uh, and hardship into that culture, it, which mandates the stripping of one's own selfism. That is restated that we must uh, not be as selfishly oriented and we have to be concerned that God's truths were poured into other important people besides just ourselves. And we have to be concerned to do the hard work to go back to the scene to care about an Abraham to care about an Isaac, to care about a Jacob, to care about uh, a Joseph, to care about these individuals uh, that that don't immediately uh, make sense to us and whose cultural actions don't immediately make sense to us. And through that long investigative trail, we have to, we have to trust that somehow God has placed within the mountain after we have dug during the, the heat of the day diamonds and gems that may be found and will be well worth the sweat, the toil, and the tears that we spend. Uh, that's why most churches will spend their times only in the Gospels and only uh, in the epistolary literature. But as one aged scholar has said, um, the New Testament lies in the Old Testament concealed, and the uh, Old Testament lies in the New Testament revealed. Uh, this is one book working together marvelously <clears throat> and in a lovely way. And uh, so we will have to appreciate that it's going to take time to unpack these truths, but we'll also have to appreciate that in unpacking them, they will render a, a gold mine that will change our hearts, our minds, our intellect, and our lives ultimately and finally. Yeah. Let me just... Okay, John, go ahead. No, I just want to... Just an, an addendum to the addendum. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, I'll add one in a minute. <clears throat> just to... And, and here's what happens is, is that, again, the lack of, of knowledge of the Old Testament, which happens a lot in the church because we stress a lot of the New Testament, uh, is, is, is um, unfortunate. But um, you cannot understand the New Testament unless you put on your Old Testament spectacles and look at through mm. uh, those eyes, because the New Testament really is just a continuation and a completion of what was begun in the Old Testament. So the things that we see, we will see in Genesis that have their beginnings in the book of beginnings uh, come to fruition in the New Testament, and many of the theological principles and various teachings began in the Old Testament, and that's again, makes it come alive in that sense. Well, and I was going to add to that. Here's my addendum. <laughs> is that, okay, so the Old, the old Testament is uh, academically challenging, I would say, CL, uh, compared to the New Testament, but it's the Old Testament that we're, that we're going to concentrate on, in, uh, and in particular the Torah. Um, but why is it so misunderstood? It, it is misunderstood. The, the Genesis is probably the most attacked book in the Bible. How is it, and this is my major question for today, before we run out of time, is how are we going to structure this? How do you want to ensure that the listener can uh, leave each program and be uh, um, focused on what we have covered, uh, whether that is verse by verse or uh, however that works out? How are you, would you like to set up the structure so that the listener has homework, as it were, to go away with 
um, so that when we reach the next program, they have made progress as much as we have made progress, uh, and there is a continuance of information here and an understanding for them, particularly in their everyday life. Well, let's be straightforward. Uh, we'll first deal with your um, presupposition, the academic presupposition. Um, lethargy must be dismissed when you're talking about the Word of God. Uh, there are Christians, unfortunately, and individuals um, outside of Christendom who would suggest that in order to believe in God or in order to approach the Scripture, one of necessity has to turn off his or her mind. Jesus says the exact opposite. Anyone who has ever given real research to the text of Scripture knows the exact opposite the, uh, to be true. Um, um, uh, this is contradistinctive to everything that Jesus says to make a claim of easy believism. For it is our Lord who is asked uh, the question, which is the greatest commandment? Uh, and uh, as he's asked that question, uh, he wants to soundly answer. And this is his answer. Uh, first of all, that you love the Lord your God, hear it clearly, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like thereunto, that you love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, let's go back and just rehearse the words of our Lord, that you love him with your mind is the emphasis in our discussion right now. God is not only the creator of the mind, God cannot be worshipped without the mind. Real genuine worship must be done in spirit and in truth. It necessitates that the individual who is a worshiper is informed. Now, you may worship on one level because of a lack of information, but that should be steadily progressed as you go on throughout your Christian life. Um, and so intelligentsia is, is, is sought after for the wholesome, healthy, progressing, growing Christian. And so it will be an academic venture. Uh, but wouldn't one expect that of uh, this almighty, eternal God who is inexhaustive, who is omnipotent, who is omniscient, and who gives to us scripture that is knowable uh, in giving us an opportunity to know himself? Uh, so certainly he's taken these profound truths and simplified them uh, in a way whereby we may know him, but they are hardly simple. They are hardly simple. Uh, can one suggest that he or she understands when the text opens uh, in Genesis 1, Bereshith bara Elohim eith hashamayim, uh, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, let's just take the concept um, um, uh, Bereshith in the beginning. Do we know what it looks like to picture um, uh, something that has no where, no when, no what, no then, uh, no time parameters, no matter, uh, and yet God exists. Uh, he exists outside of time and all of these concepts. Can we literally get our minds around that? That's complex. Although we can take what Scripture says simplistically, it is profoundly simple, yet simplistically profound at the same time. So it's going to require academia. Um, but in this academic pursuit, what do we long for? 
I, I think as scholars, I, I know the institution uh, that uh, John and I have matriculated through, and I know the heart of our, our, our dear brother in his matriculation through his walk with Christ and through his varied studies. And for yourself, David, that our commitment is scholarship with a shepherd's heart. We want to lovingly and devotionally guide people to a place where they can graze, where the sheep can eat grass that will be beneficial to them. So our commitment is that we will not become so academic in any program, but that at the end of the day, they may find a blade of grass or two or three or a section whereupon their souls can be nourished. And I was going to say that that we will have a high level of confidence here that we are going to have listeners from all over the world. And some listeners probably don't like reading. Uh, some listeners may just like listening. What is it, uh, again, and either of you, any of you gentlemen can respond to this, what is it that we're going to set up as a benchmark at the ev- end of every program uh, as, a, as a piece of homework to, to take away so that, that our listeners can be prepared for the next program? I would, I would strongly suggest that if you want to know the book, you're going to have to read it. Um, I would suggest that our readers grab a translation of the Bible. I'm going to suggest either the New American Standard Bible, 95 updated edition. One that is particularly good is Charles Ryrie, or the NET Bible, the NET, or the ESV, English Standard Version, um, or even an NIV. I, I would suggest um, um, if they need more simplistic language, I would suggest maybe even a good news translation or a, a new King James Version. I, I, I wouldn't suggest a message Bible um, because that's more of a paraphrase. I wouldn't right. suggest the Living Bible. That, again, is a paraphrase. I would suggest uh, getting a translation of the Bible, a good one. I would suggest committing themselves to reading it. Uh, if they would start now at Genesis 1, and we're always going to give them some homework, by the way. If they would start to read that, uh, then that's going to help them. It, it's much like this, David. It's, it's different for me to go to a great concertist pianist and, and, and listen. Uh, but it's different. I listen with a different ear when I myself have undertaken the task uh, to study music because I hear the complexity and I appreciate reverent, uh, reverently what that individual has had to go through in order to give me the peace. So on one hand, the simple mind will listen and they will say, well, that was a very nice tune. On the other hand, the informed mind will know the kind of questions to ask of the concertists, uh, and, and they will have a deeper thought as they are going through the piece. I think that I would encourage them to go through the piece. That way, when the melody is playing, they will have more um, intelligent questions to ask. They will have more informed minds so that they will receive. They'll have a larger basin into which water can be poured, basically. Uh, I would also suggest, listen, this is not John's book. This is not David's book. This is, this, this is not any of our books. Right. Uh, this is not James' book. This is certainly not C.L.'s book. This is God's book. And so the practice of prayer, 
is always encouraged because no one can inform uh, an individual about <clears throat> their book better than the author can. And so it takes God uh, pulverizing and making supple the heart of man and woman respectfully so that they can hear and receive those things that are going to be uh, taken into the ears and hopefully and heartily taken into the heart. Uh, so I think that that's one of the approaches. John? I think just to add to... to um to what CL has uh, said, and I completely agree that um, really to get the most out of this program is to is to go along the journey with us. Um, one uh, one sort of a tip that when you are reading scripture, whatever you know, get a, a translation that is understandable to you. Um, I know people who have an old King James version and they don't understand half of what it says because <laughs> it doesn't speak uh, language that we would understand. Um, is as you're reading scripture, as you're reading the translation that that is one that you understand, as you're reading along with us, ask questions, write down those questions, because at the more you ask or even speak to your Bible in a sense and engage with the text and engage with what's going on, whatever question comes to your mind, it helps to helps you to focus. It helps you to. Um, um, be intelligent as far as what you're looking for, uh, the answers, and that has always been helpful to me in in, in going through scripture. Uh, and and there are some people who don't like to read, and so perhaps maybe listen to scriptures being read. In fact, if you do have a if you do have a Bible, read out loud. Um, imagine that you are in the shoes of Abraham. Imagine that you're in the shoes of. Um, the characters in the story of Joseph, of Adam, and that helps to make it come alive as well and see what they see. Um, now, how, how are you, how are you gentlemen, are going to re- reinforce that? How are you going to, uh, uh, how are you going to be able to uh, synergize these stories from Genesis, these these stories around Abraham? Uh, with modern day events, how are you going to be able to suppose what people are going through today and perhaps qualify that and and give them hope in in areas that they may be having great problems well, with? I I think that as we do come to those parts of the story, and especially with um, perhaps Abraham, because the story of Abraham is the story of the Bible in one sense. It is what holds the Bible together. Um, I think as we go through. Um, the um, those passages that we can look for um, take time to sort of bridge the gap, so to speak, of what um, perhaps a Sarah was going through as she is um, barren and not able to have children, which is something that even women today go through, mm. and uh, and the and the the pain, the agony that goes with that of of uh, not being able to have children and not having modern science. Well, we have modern science today, but still that struggle that they can relate to. Uh, when there are, um, you know, issues that come up with um, whether it's Joseph in, this, in his account uh, and his mistreatment by his brothers of family abuse, of dysfunctional family, which, uh, which he was a part of, of how he handled, how he uh, went through that. Um, the, those are some practical and some uh, modern ideas that we can relate to. We can see ourselves, with again, within the characters of the story. Um, I don't know if you want to add an addendum to that. I, 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 would, I would say this clearly, uh, David. 
I don't, I'm not certain that the struggle for applicability is going to be as difficult um, as it may appear. Um, I think it's the the monster under the bed. I'm not sure that that problem is really there, because one can hardly turn to the pages of Scripture um, uh, without seeing points of applicability. Um, The value of man, well, that's Genesis 1. the sanctity and value of man within the provision that God has given to man. Well, that's Genesis 2. Well, the sin principle that everybody struggles with, despite their socioeconomic disposition or educational disposition, well, that's Genesis 3. Uh, Family dysfunctionality, marital dysfunctionality. Well, as soon as you have Genesis 3 in the fall, you immediately see marital dysfunctionality. You also see familial dysfunctionality amongst siblings, Genesis 4. the struggle with death, well, that's Genesis 5. The struggle with pending, pending destruction, uh, that's Genesis 6 through 9. Uh, the struggle with uh, compromises within families um, uh, of a possible moral or ethical or sexual nature, well, that's Genesis 9. Um, uh, the concept of looking to the future for a continuation of family, well, that's the genealogical structure of Genesis 10. Well, the Tower of Babel, where man in his selfish egotisticalism decides to uh, pose himself as an affront to God in cosmic treason and say, we will build this despite your wishes. Well, that's Genesis 11, the Tower of Babel. Uh, And I could go on and I could go on. The concept is it is far more applicable than one may care to think. But the problem remains. Fine shoes in the closet are not the same as fine shoes on the feet. We must fight to apply these things, not just in our minds, but in our lives. They need to be worn. I just love your, your illustrations, your allegory. I just fine <laughs> shoes. I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, you know, you know the concept is, and here's where here's where this has to work for us. Um, uh, in, in in our in our ambitions, we have to we have to realize that these are outfits that are not intended to decor the walls or the hangers of the closet of life. Rather, they are meant to be shoe leather for us. And how will the audience see these things as keepsakes? When you find something, when you've asked the who, what, when, where, why, and how that John has encouraged us to do, when you put the text of Scripture as literature through the the rigors of, of investigation and challenge, what do you fight to do? You fight to leave your house that day, even before you leave your house, and you fight to apply it. And when you apply it, well, it won't be so distant, will it? It, it won't be so distant. Um, so, so, for instance, uh, if you run into the reality that a man has value and woman has inherent value as a result of the imagio deo or the image of God in Genesis 1, well, what do you do? Well, you go home and you say to your wife, or you say to your husband, or you say to your children, or you say to your workers, or you say to the fellow down the street that does not have bread or food for the evening, here's an opportunity for me to apply Scripture by realizing that you have an inherent value that God has given you. And when I realize that you have that inherent value, it means simply that despite your current circumstances, I'll treat you as you deserve to be treated. And when you put that into shoe leather, why it's not as far-fetched as it might have once seemed.
Well, that's that's all practical application, <clears throat> and and I know that that is what you wish to achieve with this. Just give our listeners an idea of of how you are going to format each program and and what you will cover. <clears throat> we, we've been doing this for some weeks, and and uh, we've we've been sharing. Uh, hilariously, uh, the the progress at times. I mean, sometimes we can we can get through one verse, and and then we can get through many. But h- how are you going to do that? Can you illustrate to our listeners, uh, just for their sake, so that they know what the pace is going to be? Well, I don't know if we've decided how how far we go. I think what we do is is do select some sort of topic or subject from the verses we want to look at and try to stick to that and how it develops and. The implications for uh, for living. So there may be some weeks where we go through one verse because it's so deep and rich, and to skip over it would be um, uh, will not be beneficial. But there will be some weeks that we go through uh, large portions, uh, perhaps because there's a story uh, that's being told. Um, but I think uh, at the end of the day, we I think we want to do is make sure there's one overarching theme that we're trying to. To teach or to to uh, bring across uh, that people can come away with and say yes that was uh, about whatever it was we talked about you know so I think that's at least uh, my understanding because we don't because uh, we don't want to bring confusion we want to make sure that the listeners have a crystal clear idea of of the one concept we're trying to bring across so if you want to add so priority will be we will run to the scriptures <clears throat> fervently and with great thirst and hunger. We'll run to the scriptures. Uh, we will thereby investigate terms. We will investigate phrases. We will investigate sentences. We will investigate the nature of those sentences within the nature of their literature. We'll ask, what kind of literature is this? What sort of word is this? How is this word informed by its context? Um, uh, how significant is this word within the framework of this chapter, within this book? Um, uh, Thematically, does it offer anything to us that we should really perk up and take note of? We will do that. Uh, uh, We will look uh, at the story. Uh, The largest portion of Scripture is in narrative form. Uh, There's a story to be told, and uh, we want to gain the moral of that story. Uh, And so we will look at that. We will seek to raise the issue and not avoid the issue of controversy. Um, We will raise both liberal scholastic issue. We will raise conservative or fundamental. Uh, And and when I say conservative, those are two different things. Conservative... (laughs) Uh, issue, fundamentalistic issue. Uh, we will we will bring those together in a melting pot of discussion, and uh, we will we will try and investigate uh, wherein is the best answer here. Uh, at the end of the day. We will see how does this become useful for all of us? Um, how does this become useful uh, on an apologetic scale? That is, as a defense uh, to, to show that the scriptures stand firm and strong in this point, despite the uh, statements from op- uh, opponents. Uh, we will go further to um, uh, then seek to find therein something that can be well-worn for life. And so that's going to be the pattern. But at the end of the day, let me suggest this this, David. That's what we intend to do. What the listener has to do is make him or herself vulnerable. They have to not inoculate themselves against the efficacy or the effect of what God would choose to do to them, in them, through them, via the scriptures. Uh, 
So we have our responsibility, but it really is a cooperative effort. God will help us. We will seek to be his instrument to help others. They must then willingly receive that help and then thereby seek to apply those truths in their own personal lives, in their familial settings, in their societal settings, however large or however small those are. So that'll be the pattern. Now, how, how about the blog? How is that going to work? Because I think we should talk about that uh, for our listeners because uh, we, we do have a blog. And I'm, I'm wondering which one of you gentlemen, whether it will be uh, people from Asia or for you, James, or, or John and CL, how, how, is, how are you going to respond to those? I mean, you're going to be up all night long, obviously. And how are you going to be sharing that responsibility? Well, I can't wait to write my first question to see you on the blog. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's a good question. I think it will be a shared responsibility. I think, you know, we can take turns or, or be um, go in partnership on, on discussing. Uh, um, I, I don't know what's, uh, what, you know, blog can take on a life of its own. And, and, and uh, I'd be interested to see the questions and feedback that come across. So, I don't know if if, uh, if we have a um, a plan as far as we do know that we want to uh, make sure that we do respond and engage uh, those who do um, write and uh, or blog to us and uh, uh, and that will be actually probably carry into even deeper discussions perhaps because uh, there's so much more opportunity on on the on the internet to to do that so. Um, maybe I'll just, you know, give the hard questions to CL and. Yeah. I, I, uh, are you, know. you are your answers, gentlemen, going to be as long as your responses on this uh, radio program? <laughs> Wait, well, I don't know about you, but <laughs> somebody next to me has some no <laughs> very eloquent no um, you no. You know, I think I think uh, you know I think no I think it has to be to the point. You know, um, and if and if somebody wants to go to longer discussion then you know we can do that but uh i think um you know we don't have, we can go as long or short as we need to on that so um i'd probably say in, <laughs> in all earnest uh as pertains to my part i, I i'm probably going to both encourage john yourself james <clears throat> that what we do is we would if if our listeners would email their questions through that blog then we can actually discuss them in this open forum and include them in our address. And the reason for that is because uh, no man's question is to him or herself. Right. Uh, if you're thinking it, it is very probable that there are others who are thinking that. And so um, it's not the most responsible thing for us just to address that question on a private scale unless it is some kind of ethical question that is of a private nature or unless it's something that uh, and of course we'll use sagacity in that if it's if yeah. it's concerning logistic matters or 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 um, uh, other matters of the sort then we'll try to be and, and 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 i won't even be able to see you gentlemen uh, you know two programs in because you'll you'll have the stacks of paper this <laughs> high and all i'll be doing is hearing a voice yeah well you know i think and i just i was going to say that too was that uh, is a part of, uh, first of all, sharing the questions or responses that people have uh, is, is, is significant. And I think also it will help us shape how we go about and what we talk about as well. As, and so I think that's a, that's a great idea as far as sharing. And uh, um, 
helping sort of a it's sort of like a dialogue that you know um, there may be opportunities for listeners to call in sometime, but this is their call in through the blog, and this is the the responses and the issues that they're dealing with or questions that they have. I think will help us be more crystal clear on how to direct some of the uh, things that we talk about because. Um, you know, then we can we can properly feed the sheep and the giraffes, and uh, and everybody will be happy. Oh, for goodness sake! You're get, you're becoming elegant now. And egg- what do I have to do here? Yeah. Anglican, all yeah, right. Just, just just keep it plain. <laughs> just keep it. Here we're we're a- going to as as one individual say we're going to put the cookies on the bottom shelf so the ki- kitties can reach them. Uh, we'll, right. we'll make that the tagline for the program. That's right. Um, <laughs> and gentlemen, can I just move on to James here because I, I think James is going to uh, step up with tra- uh, Arabic translation. I've got to wish you the best of luck with that. And Thank we'll you. A lot be, of prayers. Please pray for me. <laughs> well, we'll be providing you with transcripts. Yes. Uh, 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 about uh, two hours before the next program, so you, you won't have. <laughs> Thank you very you'll much. Have, you'll have plenty of time. <laughs> Thank you. H- how how will you go about that? There must be huge uh, challenges in, in in assuring that 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 the message from from CL and from John is is accurate. Will you be Will you be uh, going back to these gentlemen uh, during that translation? Absolutely. Um, you know, every question is a very important question for everyone. And there's a lot of times we learn from our listeners, like, you know, I understand this type of listeners are listening to me due to their questions. And uh, since I'm going to be doing translations, I'm definitely going to um, go to my teachers, of course, and ask them the questions. This is what they're asking, and I would like the answer. And I will be translating their answers also into it. Um, it is very important. They're going to be raising a lot of questions, and we are dealing with people who um, probably are not familiar with this kind of style of teachings. Uh, they come from different denominations, dif- different culture, different understanding. So, of course, when their answer is given, I have to form it in such a way that the, 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 the person who's asking that question that could receive and understand the answer within the form of their question, of course. What do you think you're going to be challenged by these gentlemen? I will definitely be challenged. I'm already challenged. So, but praise God, I'm learning as I go along. What about uh, as we're closing uh, this program here? We've we've only got about five <coughs> or ten minutes left. Can I can I ask one of you gentlemen just just give us a synopsis, uh, an introduction to to what we're going to be starting with next week? Well, I know we had discussed uh, perhaps starting with authorship of Genesis, but I don't know if you want to. We can. I, I, I like. I think pers- first. I think for one thing, we do want to sort of lay a framework of the whole book and the whole Pentateuch, the story. What's the the overall idea of the of the of the story or of the um, of the Torah? Um, because I think that's a, that's essential before we even begin the book. Uh, to see uh, the overall picture. And so from that, then we'll delve into things like authorship, uh, um, who wrote uh, Genesis, who wrote the Pentateuch, mm-hmm. uh, look at why that's an important question, uh, the implications of the answer to that question, uh, and then um, go on from there. So I'm, I'm interested as... as uh, <coughs> uh, an academic, as a, as a teacher of the Scriptures... Do you find it harder to teach the Older Testament compared to the New Testament, and in particular Genesis, as it's attacked so much? 
Well, I'm asking an awful long-winded question here <laughs> when we're only about nine, <laughs> and nine minutes away from the end of the programme. But, but I, I think it's applicable, as that's where we're starting. To be certain, David, I'm, it's an insightful question. There is no section uh, of Scripture that has been under attack more than the first 11 chapters of Genesis. And for good reason, if that first 11 chapters are, of those first 11 chapters are soundly debunked, you have no reason or cause for everything that follows from chapter 12 through Revelation. And uh, so they're constantly attacked. Is it difficult to teach from those? Listen, it's difficult to teach from any section of Scripture. Any section of Scripture demands humility. Um, and though there may be some that appear to be far more simple in teaching, when we give our attention to those words, when we give our attention to those phrases, to those sentences, to the paragraphs, to the pericope, to that section, if you will, when we give our attention to what that looks like within the framework of that chapter, what it looks like within the framework of that theme, that purpose, that book, what it looks like within the framework of that style of, of literature, when it looks like what it looks like within the framework of comparative literature within the Bible or comparative books by the same author or similar uh, writing by other authors or what it looks like within the framework of the entire scope of Scripture or what it looks like within the Heil's Geschichte, the, the narrative of salvation history or what it looks like within the framework of God's glory or what it looks like on a theological scale, on a bibliological theological scale or on a systematic theological scale. Listen, it can always get more complex as the days go on. There's enough water to refresh the simple child's mind. There's also enough water to drown the greatest theologue. Whenever we're dealing with God, humility is demanded. So every section of Scripture has a complexity uh, when we're studying it. However, um, this section of Scripture need not uh, render fear to anyone's heart. There is a blessing when we investigate Scripture. Uh, we need to be careful when we investigate it because wrong conclusions have been arrived at um, to the uh, um, to the ill fate of many within the framework of society. However, um, I can guarantee you this, that every individual sitting at this table and at a microphone today is going to have our, our face to the floor in humility before God prayerfully. We're going to have our, our eyes within books and literature, and we're going to ask the hard questions. And, uh, and uh, we're going to try to, at the end of the day, make that very, very simple. Here's the concept. Many children throughout the world enjoy candy. I have yet to find very many who ask the complexity that the candy maker went through when he or she poured the ingredients therein. The concept is it'll be sweet to you, uh, but it'll be a level of pain that we'll have to go through in order for the packaging process and the cooking process to take place. But at the end of the day, uh, we'll all be happy as a result, like children in the candy store uh, who taste the sweetness rather than the complexity of what it looks like to cook the dish. Uh, we'll tell you how we cook the dish, uh, but we'll still all enjoy the sweetness thereof. You are making me hungry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's time to eat. It's time to eat. In that, in that last <laughs> couple of minutes, literally, John, uh, just give your response on that, if you would. I, I, and, and, gentlemen, I also want to ask the question, are, are we going to be 
are we going to be delivering a, a, a postgraduate level of academia here as much as we are a grassroots level of information? That's important for the listener to know so that, that, that they can choose when they want to listen to this and when they when they they don't want to listen to it but how 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 are you going to do that how are you going to to provide a multitude of listeners with with uh, academic and uh, grassroots information well i think um with my reference to the sheep and the giraffes no just 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 keep it straight john <laughs> um we have to you know obviously um if we make if we make it so that it's just academic, um, then we lose a whole lot of people, and because um, even the academic needs to meet with Jesus uh, and needs to be fed by Him, um, I think we have to have a balance where uh, those who are uh, that we're not just passing out candy, but we're providing meat and potatoes as well, right. so that we're uh, right. uh, we're that we're nourishing people, and I think. Um, I think people, for one thing, want to learn um, something uh, that, you know, I, I get comments all the time in when I'm teaching the scriptures uh, that somebody has learned something they've never learned before, and that, to me, is rewarding. Uh, I think we have to, uh, the balance has to be, uh, we have to be very careful not to uh, make this just for those who are postgraduate uh, people, but for a practical life um, and make it so that we are considering their questions, their issues um, uh, when we come to the passage of Scripture. And I think um, you know, and I, th- I think that's the way Jesus would have taught. I think that's the way Jesus did taught. He uses things from everyday life as illustrations, things that people would identify with. Um, and even in his conversations with the the teacher Nicodemus who was the teacher of the Jews, um, he spoke, he was able to reach where he was at. So I guess uh, the goal, of course, is to make it so that people can listen and learn and grow, but also have something to take home with them. And uh, hopefully that uh, we can uh, meet that challenge. Uh, in, in summation, let me suggest um, our goal is, as the late Dr. D. James Kennedy stated so clearly, is to present truths that transform. And we want to be certain that those truths are attainable. One of my favorite authors and scholars in the world is Dr. Wayne Grudem. The reason for that is multitudinous. The reasons are, but I'll give you just a simple one. He takes complex theology and presents it in simple form so that anyone who knows Dr. Grudem or knows his writing understands that he clearly understands the subject. He's very aware of the subject. But his great awareness is communicated in a form that causes you to know that he has mastery of the subject because he's able to place it in the most simplistic format. Mm -hmm. And the scholar can eat therefrom. And uh, uh, the individual who's growing can eat therefrom as well. Uh, so our, our goal really in this is that they will be high and lofty truths uh, that will be refreshing on every scale for every level so that I hope that the scholar does not have to tune us out on one day and I hope that the individual who says, oh, 
I haven't done all of that research. I hope that that person, too, can find a safe haven within the studies of the Scripture because I know this. God wants it to be that way. It's incumbent upon us to answer to what he delights in. And his delight is that all men everywhere might come to him as the great shepherd and bishop of their souls and be fed until their souls are satisfied. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure to have you here today. James Unan, C.O. Mitchell, John Core, looking forward to starting this series with you next week. Thank you. Thank you. And to our listeners, we hope you have enjoyed this introduction to uh, Genesis and the Torah. It's been wonderful to have you listening to us today. We will be starting this uh, next Friday, and the program will be regularly uh, um, live for you every Friday of every week. Moving forward, we hope you enjoy the series. Uh, if you visit uh, davidgibbons.org, you will find a blog, and I'm sure that these gentlemen will be happy to spend uh, all night long uh, commenting and uh, providing feedback to your to your questions, and I'm sure those are going to be wonderful and varied. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Meanwhile, wherever you are in this world, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. David Gibbons in discussion welcomes listeners' comments and viewpoints at its blog at davidgibbons.org. This programming is supported by organizations and firms in the private and public sectors.